Well, good afternoon, everyone. I'm your host, Ron Henry. So happy to have you with me this afternoon and glad to be visiting with a longtime friend of mine that I'm excited to uh, be talking to on this uh, edition of the chat, my longtime friend, John Acuff. John, good day, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. Hey, listen. God's alive and well and moving in our world. <laughs> that is absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. John is a longtime church leader, mentor, counselor, uh, has done so many things uh, to advance the kingdom of God in his life. I would could use the whole time we have just talking about that. John, let me just share this with you before. Uh, I remember getting to, to getting to Cookville in the early 1970s as a tech student and just getting my spiritual walk kind of reestablished with the Lord, graduated a couple of years later, start, stayed in this community, and one of the first people that folks told me said, you you need to meet and get to know John Acuff. I don't even know if you remember that. We met early on, and brother, you have meant a lot to me through the years, and on a very personal level, I want you to know how much I appreciate you and love you for all that you put into my life. Well, I love you too, brother. Uh, I, it's been I, a long, interesting walk. It sure has, and it continues. It goes on, and oh yes, and we we want to talk about that this morning. Uh, let's let's just go back to how it all started for you. Were you were you raised in a Christian home? I want to come to you. I was raised in Church of Christ, and uh, let me say on the front end, that's a wonderful group of people that had a wonderful idea, and uh, I totally endorse what they started with, but. Along the way, they kind of got hardening of the arteries, and uh, they became, instead of being the Christians only, they wanted to be the only Christians. And I went through that till I was thirty. Thirty, a, a preacher, lawyer, Church of Christ asked me to look at Jesus, and I did. And I was born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, and been an interesting walk. And, and I will say I'm closer today and more loving today of the Church of Christ than I've been in the last 50 years. Yeah, it's been kind of a full circle for you. It's really interesting. Yes, it has. As we get a few. In 1975, uh, the church we were attending, College Side, their elders suggested that we might be happier somewhere else. And we were gone for, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. And then some of their members came and said, it's time you came home. And we came back and it's a loving, caring, spirit-filled group of people. You know, let's, let's talk about that. So you have re, you know, you reestablished yourself. That's where you fellowship now with that body of believers at the College of Church of Christ. And, and I'll ask the same question. We hear Dr. Phil ask oftentimes, how's that working out for you? How you doing with it? How's everything going over there? Oh, awesome. They're, 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 they're simply an awesome, wonderful group of people, preachers, the elders. Uh, it's a different world. Different. And I run into something, I guess, the last week that has really begun moving me. Uh, a guy named Tim Brown, who was a Church of Christ preacher, who got fired because he heard a word from the Lord. And uh, he's got a book out called God Still Speaks. And if somebody's on Facebook, they can go out and look at it. It's awesome, simply awesome. And he's not saying anything, changing anything that's in the Bible, but God's still moving in the world. That's that's what so many in my background don't know, that God's still alive and well. 
Absolutely. I heard a minister say, John, one time. By the way, my guest is John Acuff. We're glad you're with us on the chat, my longtime friend. And we're talking about his spiritual journey, his roles in church leadership, how he started, where it's gone. Uh, but, you know, I heard I heard a preacher say one time, I never heard it phrased exactly this way, John, but I, I totally agree with it. God is always advancing. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. God is always. And he's always willing to do more than we're willing to accept. Absolutely. Well, now, so you started, uh, uh, received Christ, I guess, at an early age, what, a teenager, young adult? How did, how did, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think I received Christ. I think I was baptized. Okay. But came to the Lord at some point, started there. Talk about your I came to the Lord on May the 10th, 1970. May the 10th, 1970. Wow. Yeah. And uh, now you, you mentioned starting there at college side. Uh, give us a little bit about your journey. What happened after you made a decision to go other places? Walk us through that a little bit. Well, we went. To, we I was uh, on the original board of the Corner Hill Bookstore and Coffee House in Nashville. Some of you may remember that's where little Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith started. And I was there for ten years, and the, it's across the street from the Belmont Church, so I was involved with the Belmont Church, and then. Uh, became part of Christ Fellowship in Copeland with Logan Tillman. I was an elder there for 10 years, and uh, hey, where then we went to Trinity for about five, and then now we're at college out again. So now where were you, you said where were you an elder for about 10 years? Christ Fellowship. Christ Fellowship. That was uh, a, a lot of people in this area remember, obviously, uh, you know, Logan and, and the wonderful ministry he carried out there. Uh, we had some wonderful people over there. Roger Coglazer was another elder, uh, John Wells. Um, it was just a great group of people. Chad McCullough was over there. Uh, just so many memories. David and Dana Bailey. Yeah, great people. Great people. Yeah. You know, I, I John, like you, you know, it, it's really interesting. My early experience, you know, I, I, I was, you know, uh, my mom and dad took me to church all the time. We, I grew up in a little, a little Baptist church in, uh, uh, over in East Tennessee and, uh, and then uh, actually received Christ at a church of God in Athens, Tennessee, and baptism of the Holy Spirit there. And now I, I attended a, a non-denominational church, Living Hope. But some some people, some folks have said to me, you know, why did you leave the Baptist church? And I always like to say, you know, I didn't. I took it with me. Why did you leave the church of God? I didn't. I took it with me because I I gleaned things and I gained things there that are still part of me now. And and those, Amen. and so I mean, every every stop along the way, you know, I got something from it and I took it with me. I didn't leave bitter or I didn't leave feel like I was cheated. I feel like here's what I got there and it serves me well now. Do you feel the same way? Because you kind of you've kind of We've got oh yeah, I've had I've had friends and brothers in about every kind of Christian organization you can think of, um, you know. And I have because I read and because I write people, I have all kind of friends. And 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 like you know, you some some people say I left this because I left. You know, when I when I felt led to move from one place to the other, and it's not something that's happened obviously every year. It's not that I left there with any animosity. No, no. It's usually, it's just, I, I picked something up there and I took that with me to my next stop, and it helped me to grow. And I know you feel the same way. Well, when we left college side in '75, we didn't burn any bridges. Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing Christians ought to learn. 
don't burn the bridges. You may need to go back sometime. <laughs> That's exactly right. Hey, uh, we're talking today with my longtime friend, John Acuff, on the chat. We're going to learn more about his journey, his stops along the way, uh, the ministry that he's involved in now that's helping and blessing so many people, Cornania, uh, the Belmont Church, and all of that. You stay with us. More to come right here on the chat. Thanks for staying with us. I'm your host, Dwight Henry, on the chat, talking with my longtime friend, church leader, mentor, counselor, and, and everything else in the Christian community in this area, John Acuff. John, you talked earlier about Cornania and the, your your role there. I'm, I, I was around when all of that was happening. Remember that. Uh, for those who may not know, what was that, and how did it impact uh, in terms of advancing the kingdom of God, not only around here, but just really now all over the country? Well, it, it started out just as a bookstore. Jim Beavis started it, or he had the original idea. He got this family in Georgia, in uh, Florida, to give us five thousand and loan us five thousand, and we opened a bookstore. And then somebody suggested doing kind of a picking and grinning thing on Saturday night with music, and we had uh, music there every Saturday night for years. And as I said, uh, first time I ever heard Amy Grant play, she must have been 11 or 12, and Michael Smith was there. And the last summer before last, they dedicated a historical monument in front of it saying, this is where contemporary Christian music started. That may be an overstatement, but it's not very much of an overstatement. I think five of us on the board, and the only two of us left are Don Finto and I. Don's now 91 and going strong. I'm 81. You know, John, and you you make a statement there. Some say it's where contemporary Christian music started. Uh, as you say, that, that might be an overstatement. I don't know that it really is because, I mean, if it didn't start there and originate there, it certainly was advanced there. And that kind yeah. of, that style of music has really come to play a major, major role in churches and, and conferences and, and just yeah. uh, and just worshiping God all over the country today. I know, you, I know you'd agree with that. And it's uh, and it got me, I guess, really deeper into uh, Christian literature and and reading. And I guess today I probably average two to three books a week. Wow! And uh, you know, I'm, I'm sad that Cookwell doesn't really have what we used to have. I remember when Burkworks was here, I I was reading everything. Um, most of the books I get today, I probably get from Thrift Books online. They're used and a lot cheaper but you know there's some good places in Cobble to get books walls of books is is great and you know there's nothing um, you know we're, we're really a product of of what we put in our minds because that, that exactly that determines our dominant thoughts and we move toward our dominant thoughts so you're you're a huge advocate of of keeping those things going into your mind through the bible through other books i, I know you believe that in practice and it's one of the other things I very often do, if I read a book and it blesses me, I write the author. Yeah. Yeah. And this week I got four free books from authors. Is that right? Is that right? Hey, kind I, of blew my mind. One of those books, well, one of those books is from somebody I already had a book from, the head of the Bible department at Lipscomb, where I graduated, uh, has a book out called Poured Out, and it's on the Holy Spirit and about how the churches of Christ misinterpreted what the Bible really says about the Holy Spirit. And let me ask you this as it relates, and, let, and this is a great way, to, a great time to segue into that. You you have, an I don't know if you call it a ministry or not, I do, and I, th I certainly think it is, but you started some time ago 
writing notes to people. We often wonder what we can do. I mean, how can we be a blessing? And Everybody can write a note. And, and I've said that you write may be more important than what you write. Yeah. Because that you write tells somebody you care. And uh, I, I try to write. I, I don't know what an average is, but um, maybe 10 to 30 notes a week. That you you just sit down and, and th- you you think about somebody and then you just yeah. you just write them a, write them a note on a card and I have seen again again and again those notes change people's lives. One of the things I say I can say things to you in a note that I wouldn't say to your face. Yeah, and then you're stuck with it because you can't argue with the note. <laughs> I love that. But and if you've most of what I do though is encouraging. The Lord told me not especially with this thing with the churches of Christ. He didn't call me to straighten them out. He didn't call me to change them. He just called me to love them. That's it. That's exactly right. Know we're and there's very few people in the world that don't like to be loved. Oh, wow. That is that that one statement. Wow. It just makes this whole show. So so you basically you'll you and there are notes of encouragement, notes of just to say, hey, thinking about you, you're on my heart. Well, maybe another thought. The note that I use most often, I, I hand wrote in 1978, I believe it was. And then when we lost our firstborn son, a friend of mine in Texas was trying to think of something to send me. And so she finally took a note that she had hanging up in her kitchen and had it calligraphed and sent to me. And that note card has now been mailed over 20,000 times. Wow. You know, and like you say, anyone, and we're talking to people that sometimes wonder how they can make a difference. Anyone can sit down and write a note. Anyone can do that. Am, am I right? I have some guys that I meet with on Thursday morning at 6 at Robert's Family Diner in White County. And week before last, I passed out two note cards to each one of the people that were there to send. I haven't heard anything back yet, but, but you can it's a start. It. It's a start. Hey, John, we've got a couple of minutes left in this segment. You mentioned losing a son, and I'm sure we're talking to folks uh, out there in our audience who, who've gone through that experience. Uh, what That has to be, I, I can't even imagine, but what would you say to them in terms of being comforted and encouraged? What? How, Talk to them about that. Well, like in every other instance in life, you just simply have to let the Lord love you and keep you going. It hurts. It always hurts. Yeah. Uh, It still hurts 30-something years later. But I'll see him again. Yeah. He'll be there. He's part of your future. And and you have to, the, the body of Christ needs to come in around you and help support you, and you need to let other people help love you. Yeah. Uh, God didn't intend for us to go through this thing by ourselves. No. Uh, you know that's that is so rich. I mean, you you need you need the uh, you need the the love of, of other people, particularly during that time. And you're so right. And and uh, you know it doesn't ease all the pain, but but uh, your son is part of your future for eternity. Amen. Part of your future for eternity. Well, the uh, 
what what do you and we may not have time to fully explore this, but I want you to during this segment we've got one more. But uh, what uh, you know, I'd like for you to to think about you know if if you if you you know what do you wish you'd known then when you started walking with the Lord that you know now you know what uh, just two or three things to our audience uh, that that you would just leave in their hearts and leave in their minds to say hey this is some things I've experienced some things I've learned some things I can pass along to you. And uh, I want okay. you, to, I want you to be thinking about that when we come back. Okay. All right. Very, very happy today to be talking to my longtime friend John Acuff, uh, who has just been very special to me in terms of my spiritual growth. He's been a blessing to lots and lots of people in this area and this region as a church leader, as a Christian, as a mentor, as a counselor. And we will be back with more with our visit with John in just a moment. Very happy to have you with us on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. We're talking with my longtime friend and Christian brother, John Acuff. John, again, thank you for this. I, I really appreciate your taking this time to share with us and our audience. You know, you're, you're, as we talked about, uh, we've talked about already, your journey has been an interesting one, um, just involved in lots of things and uh, serving the Lord while, while you were practicing law. Uh, and and many, many people remember those days here in the Cookville area, remember exactly where your office was. I was in there a few times myself. Uh do you, do, you, do you find any parallels between practicing law and being involved in ministry, or is it the same thing? Well, there's ways to serve God all over. I, I think if it, Exhibit A in my law practice is, is several people that came to the Lord through my law office. Yeah. I think of Keith and Jean Nicholson, who came to me for a divorce in 1975. And uh, I baptized both of them in what we call Resurrection Creek here on the farm. And uh, they're still together 40 years later. Wow. So you're able to make a real we had uh, We had a Bible study start here on the farm about 75, and in the next 18 months, we baptized about 100 people in the creek down there. Wow. And those people, so many of them I still am keeping up with. Richard Anderson, who was headmaster at Christ Press Academy in Nashville, and just on and on and on. People keep popping up and say, you remember so-and-so. Two or three things I do. If I see somebody is interesting and I want to know them, I reach out to them. I take them to lunch or I write them a note. And it's been amazing how many of those have turned out to be really interesting. I do the same thing with authors. I've had authors that I've been writing for 20 or 30 years. And... uh, so if you've read somebody and you like what he says, write him a note. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know of any author that doesn't like to get somebody saying something nice. Or anybody, period, that, right? That little Lakato boy and I have been doing this since he was a missionary in Brazil. You're talking about Max um, Lakato? Yeah. Wow. Eugene Peterson, Wendell Berry, uh, Frederick Buchner, uh, on and on and on and on. So your relationship with them started by you reading something by them that you enjoyed, yep. something that blessed you, and you just wrote them a note and told yep. them so. How many yep. people? How many people actually do that? And you know, John, I'm sure you have you have through the years. Just my my own situation being an example, or people come to you and say, "Remember when you we met and you said this, or we did that?" You were involved in lots of uh, governor's prayer practice, were you not? Yeah, I was the chairman in 1991. And the guy, one of the guys that I started writing when he first went to prison was a guy named Chuck Colson. 
Really? And in 1991, I was the chairman, and Chuck came down and did the breakfast for me. It was real funny. I had a big, long introduction written out, and when I got ready to walk up to the head table that morning, I reached for my pocket, and it wasn't there. And the Lord said, son, nobody came down here to hear you anyway. (laughs) I love that. So I said, ladies and gentlemen, here's Chuck Colson. (laughs) And I bet he appreciated that, too. Yep. And uh, yeah, and so, he was a good. He was he was one of the best minds in the Christian faith in the last century. Oh, absolutely was, and what a what a, a and didn't he turn that whole experience? Basically, he he had a prisoner jail ministry that came out of that, did he not? Oh yes, prison fellowship. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I want to turn our and and uh, uh, Eric Metaxas, who's a great author today. Yeah, worked with Chuck. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, Eric was in town in Coopville just uh, several weeks ago over at Life Church. I got. Uh, if he comes back, I want to see him. Yeah, he was. Uh, he has a television. He's show. He's awesome. Oh, he has a television show on Trinity. Really is, and so you've communicated with him too. Some too, I take it then. Hey, well, I really haven't to this point, but I'm going to. Yeah, I want to come. And I'm go ahead, fixing John. to write John Grisham. Oh yeah, that's great. I want to go back, John, to Resurrection Creek. Resurrection Creek, the, you know, it's a, it's actually a creek cl- close to your house, right? Close to your home. Road goes right to the bottom of the hill from, goes across their farm. Yeah. How did all, you know, how did here's, did, how did all that happen? I mean, was that just sort of organic? Well, I had a, I had a neighbor come down and wanted to talk one Saturday, and he asked me a question, and he asked me another one. He said, "I understand you're one of these charismatic Christians," and I said, "Yes." And he said, "I go up to the so and so church, and there's got to be more to it than that." And I said, well, let's do a Bible study. So we started, and we got, we would, on a Thursday night, we would have anywhere from 25 to 75 people in the house. Come from all over, from Jackson County and Warren County and Putnam County and Crossville. In your house. It, it was it was, it was, was nothing we were doing. It was God moving. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I just saw it again and again and again. It was just a, it was just a move of God, and and I think God's doing that again. I, I see Him doing it right now in a lot of churches. When we came to Cookville in 1970, there were very few really on fire churches at all, and now there are zillions of them almost. Yeah, there's so many good churches in the Upper Cumberland right now; it's unreal. I, you know, I couldn't agree more. I was just having a conversation just a, a few minutes ago with a friend. He said, man, I drive by these churches and you see them, you know, adding on to their, adding on to their campuses, adding on to their buildings. Yep. That's a wonderful thing to see. And that tells you something. What, what, what do you know now that you wish you knew then? What, what do you, you say God is moving? Uh, elaborate on it. What do you, what do you see is happening as it relates to this area and just the movement of God in general? I think I would have been even bolder than I was then. And I was pretty wild then. I think the second thing, I would have been a whole lot more forgiving and a whole lot less judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God called us to love every one of his children. Every person you meet today was created by God in his image, and he expects us to treat them like they were royalty. Yeah. We are made, you know. They're children of the king. Mm. And if that's how he sees them, that's how we should see them, not in a judgmental way, but in a loving way. Right. He says, you know, and in and, and, and his prayer, he says, and forgive us as we forgive those who sinned against us. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. 
you know. But, and I will say one more thing about my background in the Church of Christ. Lipscomb, the college that I graduated from, four years out of I don't ever remember anybody telling me about the love of Jesus. Today, Lipscomb University is a Christian university. Talking about the love of Jesus. Yeah, they'll know we were Christians by our love. First Corinthians, Amen. First Corinthians thirteen, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And if we could get Absolutely. one, if our audience could get one thing. We've got about thirty seconds left out of this conversation. That's what you'd want to leave with them, is it not, John? Yeah, and tell them to hit me on Facebook. Yeah. I'm always on Facebook. John Acuff is where you can find him, and he will. And thank you, John, for what you put into my life, all you mean to me, all you mean to this community. And thank you so much for sharing this time with us today. Thank you, bro. Love you. Love you, too. John Acuff has been our guest today. Happy to have him with us. Happy to have you with us. Join us next week for The Chat.